Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with guess who? Well, you don't need to guess, it's me, Andy Goldstein. And we start on The Breakfast Show, where Alan Brazil was joined by the Rangers legend Ali McQuist. And this is their guest, the former Spurs midfielder Jamie O'Hara, ranting about Manchester United's performance against Spurs, claiming they're mentally weak. If you was a Manchester United player in that performance, they're an absolute disgrace. I mean, the lack of running, the lack of effort, you know, they completely down tools. You know, it was it was shocking. Like, who where's the leaders in that dressing room? Who's gonna go in at half time and get hold of someone and say, mm. listen, this ain't on, boys? They're so weak mentally, right? Everyone that them play I look at them players, Pogba, Martial, Rashford, you know, all these players are brilliant players, right? Good players. And they all want to play for Man United when it's going well, when it's all hungry door and you're passing it and the plan is free flowing dynamic football not one of them players are up for a fight not one of them are going to fight for that badge and not one of them players are going to fight for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right now and I think he's got a problem because I think he's weak as well I would have them in straight after the game I would have got straight in that dressing room and I would have gone right every single one of you's Back to the training ground. Now, none of yous, none of yous are going to win international duty until this is resolved. We're going to go back to the ground. We're going to watch that game. And every single moment I see someone strolling about, I'd pause it and I'd say, what are you doing? And staying with the Breakfast Show and United, here's Alan Brazil explaining why Paul Pogba should be performing better for the club. Although Alan did reveal that the pressures are different at Old Trafford compared to playing anywhere else. And yes, Big Al did play for Manchester United for two seasons in the 80s. Although I use the term play very loosely. Hits it right footed towards the near corner. What a terrific free kick that is from Paul Pogba. Pick that one out. When the chips are down, mate, and you're the star player, you are the superstar at Man United, let's see you. Come on, drag your team back into this. Let's get going again. Come on, a couple of bits of magic, smash one in, get United back in it. I'm sorry, I don't see that. So I'm not just blaming Pogba, but when you're meant to be that good and the package that you command and you're a World Cup winner, you've got to be doing better than what he's doing. I'm sorry. Brazil's in there. Oh, that's a fine goal, Alan Brazil. You young kids like Hughes and, and Whiteside, people like that and you, you just felt you had to every minute of training you had to be 100% bang on it 
Well, I used to not saying save myself for match days, but suddenly it was, you know, it was it was different, so different. Mm. And uh, I got the stage where did I enjoy playing at Old Trafford? No, I didn't. Did I enjoy playing away from home? Yes, I did, because the fans away from home were brilliant. But Old Trafford, it was like entertainers. If you're talking about how many full games I played there, I probably played less than thirty. I've got about some twenty-seven, twenty-eight in my head, and I think I got twelve goals. It wasn't a disaster, <laughs> but they were expecting so much more, Ali, because they were desperate to win to break the domination especially Liverpool and Everton and staying with that topic this is the drive co-host in England cricket legend Darren Goff discussing the pressures that he felt representing Yorkshire and why he didn't like playing at Headingley They didn't understand the situation and what was going on uh, with me and England and my central contract so they got a point and that's why I left in the end because it got to me I just thought, what is the point of this? I'm giving my all. And some of the fans just think totally opposite to you. They don't get it. They don't know the ins and outs of your life. They think they do, but they don't. So what Al says there is spot on, and it's happened to a lot of players I played with when they used to go back and play for the counties. They used to hate it. Could you not come out and explain it? You can't time? explain it because, I mean, try to tell a Yorkshireman something, you know what I mean? Like trying to tell me something, I don't listen. Yeah, eleven years of that. We do what we want, (laughs) and um, I think they do now. I think they understand now what happened. But during that time, I was the first. I was the first person to go through that, Mm. and everyone else had benefited from it. Whether it be Vaughan, Sidebottom, Silverwood, you know what I mean. All these guys that followed Hoggard, all were like, "Oh yeah, they play for England. It's all right now." But. With me, it was like, you don't want to play for Yorkshire, or be he. It was, like, it was like KP at the IPL. He was the first, got slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, it, got yeah. slaughtered in everybody. I look at them all now, they can't wait to get on a plane now and go mm. to Dubai or India to play in these tournaments. And it's like, oh yeah, go on, you're all right. You can have six weeks off, go and earn a million quid. Now, Tammy Abraham, Ben Chilwell and Jaden Sancho could miss England's game with Wales on Thursday after being told to stay away from St George's Park due to a possible COVID-19 breach. Lee, the Man United fan, pleaded on the White and Jordan show for people to take the virus more seriously after a family member passed away because of it. Well, what really is getting to me at the moment, unfortunately, in March, my mum passed due to COVID. I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. And hearing stories like this and seeing people in general flouting these rules, sorry... It's okay. Take a breath, Lee. It gets to me. And our family is really struggling with this. And seeing people in a position like these lads, it gets to me. It really does. And seeing people out in streets, outside off-licenses, people, it's real. It's real. And it's not, it doesn't matter if you're a footballer. It doesn't matter if you're a, a cleaner. It can get you. It doesn't care who you are. My mum was 64. I'm now... I'm now 43, my, my sister's 38, she had five grandchildren, a husband, and we've all been left devastated. And yeah. people just need to stand up and start taking some responsibility. I'm sorry. It's real, and it's, it'll get you. And if, you, if you're going to act like an idiot and act like a child, it's going to get you. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying my mum acted like a child, she was a carer for the elderly. Now, England rugby coach Eddie Jones has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of their games with Barbarians and Italy later this month. He's been telling James Savundra that the coronavirus outbreak at Sale Sharks hasn't affected his plans too much when it came to picking his squad. 
it's not really a matter for me to, to worry about. All I worry about are the players who who's available and it meant that a few players weren't available to be selected. We couldn't select the Worcester players. We couldn't select uh, a few of the Northampton players because of that situation. But we just uh, ride with it, mate. It's like being on a big wave and you just got to stick on the top of it. We've seen situations with other England national teams where players have breached either coronavirus rules or team protocols. There's a huge amount of responsibility that your players have this autumn, isn't there? It's something that we'll make them aware of, but it's something that the senior players have really got to drive. And the other thing for us, and it's like all the teams, the players have a choice of whether they come in, and if they make the choice to come in, they've got to abide by by the regulations at the moment. And, and, you know, we're grateful for that opportunity to play for England now. Um, And I'm sure the players are going to be, but they are young men. They do make mistakes, you know. We've all been through it. I can remember, you know, 40 years ago, I was silly enough to do some stupid things. We all do that and we've got to be forgiving, um, but they've also got to understand their responsibility. Bill Sweeney spoke out in the last few weeks about how he needs some government support because of the effect this pandemic has had on rugby, has had on the RFU when you consider stadiums. It's unlikely we'll get fans in this autumn. Do you feel like the government should be supporting the sports sector? I'm just a rugby coach, mate. I can't tell Boris what to do. I'm sure he wouldn't listen to me. Maybe he doesn't listen to some of his ministers, so he's not going to listen to a rugby coach. Everton and England forward Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of Thursday's Friendly with Wales, a game, of course, you can hear live on TalkSport. And, of course, we take calls on the back of it. My show, Andy Goldstein, Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Anyway, DCL has been telling Faye Carruthers why he took off his hat when meeting Gareth Southgate for the first time as a sign of respect for the England manager. We all saw the video of you arriving at camp and taking your hat off before greeting Gareth Southgate. That kind of respect for your manager is really important to the England fans, particularly at the moment. How, how important is it to you? Yeah, you know, he's, he's the the manager of the country. So for me, that was the first time I'd seen him since since arriving. So I think the start of common courtesy, it's in, to, I took my hat off to, to, we can't shake hands at the moment, but to give him a fist bump. And that was the first conversation I had with him. So it was, it was good to see him. I'd seen him, obviously, when I'd been around the place with the 21s and we just had a lot of catch up about football and, and how well things have been going and, and what, obviously, the next couple of weeks hold. You can leave your hat on You can leave Can leave your hand on. When you've seen what's gone on with some of your other teammates, does it make you even more determined to make your manager proud and the fans as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm a proud English man and I'm proud every time I pull on the England shirt. And, you know, growing up, I've always watched England and, and envisioned myself, you know, one day playing for England. So to be here now, it's a, it's a very, very proud moment. And the manager, Gareth, has, has given me the opportunity to, to come and do that now. So obviously I want to repay that and, and, and play well. Now this is the Dorky Wanderers chairman and manager, Mark White, speaking to Adi Oladipo on TalkSport 2 about the hashtag Let Fans In petition which now has over 100,000 signatures, which means it will be considered for a debate in Parliament. White hopes to force the government's hand to allow football fans back into the stadiums. We're starting to see now EFL clubs come on board. So where it started with um, non-league teams, we've now got EFL clubs, Peterborough, Shrewsbury, Plymouth Argyle, um, clubs of that nature that are basically speaking out out of desperation. 
the actual football industry was asked to demonstrate um, it could house spectators in a safe, COVID-friendly way, done so two months ago very well, because as you can imagine, an average football ground with so much seating capacity, it's very easy to pre-allocate, it's outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the football's bemused, really, bemused in terms of why it's being left out. Um, and, um, you know, the campaign is having a lot of speed. Um, and in honesty, if I'm being really candid and frank, it's starting to look stupid on the government's behalf because actually, why would you allow somebody indoors to watch a football match with their mates whilst drinking but not stand outside? Um, and therefore, it doesn't really help the government, who are obviously trying to send out a serious message at the same time. So they're kind of not helping themselves, really. And here's drives Adrian Durham with a passionate plea to get fans back into stadia. No one calls it. It's always been stadium. Since I was a kid growing up, stadium, stadium. Then someone about 10 years ago went, oh, stadia. And now it's stuck and it drives me mad. The fans being there makes a huge difference. It's why they do it. The atmosphere, the response, the friendships, the love, the passion, the unity and the spirit. And these are all things that make human beings tick. They're real feelings that humans need to feel so that they can be alive. They can live, not just exist. So this inexplicable Explicably absurd ruling from the government that you can go to pubs, restaurants and cinemas, we can pack onto trains and tubes, we can walk around shopping centres and supermarkets, but we cannot go to an open-air stadium where Brighton Smart Club officials have made these stadia safe and have introduced protocols that will be followed. And they've even thought about getting to and from the ground as well. It not only makes no sense whatsoever, it's draining the life out of footballers, out of coaches, out of owners and fans alike. Managers are no longer enjoying what they're doing. Players are wondering why they're doing it. Clubs are going to great lengths to connect with fans who are really suffering because of this. Football has lost meaning without anyone watching it. It is soulless. So here's the message to Oliver Dowden, Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport. Oliver, you admit you're not a football fan, so maybe you don't get it. Maybe you don't understand the impact on mental and emotional well-being a football club can have. So let's make it clear. To so many people involved in football, playing, coaching, owning and supporting, their club is their life. So if they're unable to go to their club, you are taking what is their life away. When it was absolutely necessary, we all accepted it. But when you go to, well, you could go to a cinema and watch a football match and you cannot go to an open-air stadium to watch a game, we start to wonder if you really know what you're doing, Oliver Dowden. We are all wondering that. We're all wondering if you really know the damage you're doing to so many who love football. You're killing the national sport. So let fans in, save football clubs, save the mental health and the emotional well-being of so many people, of fans, players, coaches and everyone else involved in the beautiful game. Let fans in. That's the message to Oliver Dowden. Theo Walcott saw his career go full circle on deadline day when he completed his move from Everton to Southampton on a season-long loan deal. He told Jim Wyatt that he has no regrets leaving the Toffees despite their strong start to the season. It's very sad, but in the same way, quite exciting for myself personally, going obviously back to where it all started. I felt like when Southampton were just there, I just couldn't turn it down. It was too, it was too, it was so surreal. It hasn't really hit me yet. Yeah, Everton as well. Just to make this deal happen, it means a lot. It really does. Uh, they don't understand how much it means to me. This club so close to my heart. Walcott's been the offside trap. He goes one on one with a goalkeeper, and he slips it past Aurelio Gomez to score once again. Theo Walcott. There was the wow factor that Arsenal were looking for. He split the Tottenham defence in two. 
and Walcott took full advantage. I have no regrets at all. No, it's today. I'm going to be popping in today to see some of the lads that are there, um, and it's going to probably hit me then. I feel just because I made so many friends, the staff, the players, the coaching staff. You know, they've been great to me, and obviously how well they've started as well with Carlo. It was always going to be the case. It's just like I say, last last night it was his, with his philosophy of the of the club, um, what he's brought to the club, his his whole mannerisms and everything about him. The man is a he's a very impressive person to work for. Obviously, sadly, it hasn't worked out for me now at this moment in time. But like I say, I'm, I'm excited for for the future. That that sort of it's in my it's in my hands basically. Now I've got a little letter in here. It says, uh, "Dear Andy, loving the podcast as always." But uh, where's the best bits of Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10 p.m. A show with you and the Duck Lover, producing what some people call the best show on national radio. Where fear not, oh, there's no name on it. But anyway, fear not. Looks a bit like my handwriting. Anyway, fear not. Here it is. They can win the league, no. Why, no, I don't. why do you think they cannot win the league? Because I think Liverpool will. And if you think Liverpool will, then you, you you can make a case for Spurs going very close. And you can even make a case for Spurs, and Spurs fans got to phone up now, telling us why they can. And there are plenty of reasons why Spurs can, except the one reason they won't is because Liverpool will. That's how I see it. I just think Liverpool, I just think this is an odd season. I mean, football is drunk at the minute, so I think football will come back sober. When you've got Kane... Son and Bale. Bale. That is awesome. Liverpool will get their act together. They'll come back sober and they'll and they will make sure they don't make those those and and Klopp will be fuming about what happened. Forced in by Harry Kane. Lamella had a shot from the angle. McCarthy managed to turn it against the post. And Harry Kane makes it five for Tottenham Hotspur. If it is the Bale we know and love, yeah. is that the best front three in the Premier League? Well, Liverpool's have been outstanding. I mean, but, but it's Harry a weakness Kane's down ba- the middle with Liverpool. Yeah, yes, Firmino didn't really hit his straps last year, no. oddly enough. No, um, Man City. Man, Man United's front three is pretty tasty on its day. Yeah, it's behind them. So that's a few issues right now. I think you can make a case for saying Son is brilliant. Everyone waxes lyrical about Mane and Salah, and that's, rightly so. It's a fair point. But no one ever puts Son in that. Who's bracket. better, Son or Salah? Son is excellent. I'm a, I'm a, I do like Son. Who'd you take? Son is less selfish than Salah, isn't he? Yes, Salah's very, that's a very selfish. Good point. Very selfish. Who do you take? I might go Son, you know. I might go Son. I think I tend to agree with you. Let's go to Lisa <laughs> for a proper update, shall we, on the tennis? Lisa? She's good, isn't she, Lisa? <laughs> what? So, she's, what's happening? What? Lisa, is that what she does? During the, is that what she does during the game? She plays the guitar. <laughs> What's this? Is, is that... What have you faded out? Hold on, she's not. What is? <laughs> is What's... that real? She not. She not. Oh, t- I don't know what's happening. What's the... I don't know what to say. She's she's this, watching this, the tennis, playing this, a ukulele. She's not playing a ukulele. She's not. This is not. Lisa is this real? Is this genuinely it's real? Not, or is this, this is hundred percent real. It's not hundred percent real. She's playing a ukulele whilst she's watching not. the tennis. She's not. Now I'm an 1850s bin man. <laughs> This is real. This is amazing. In my profession, I'll work hard, but I'll never stop. I'll climb this blinking ladder till I get right to the top. The blushing bride, she looks divine. The bridegroom, he is doing fine. I'd rather have his job than mine. When I'm cleaning windows... 
But that's it for another podcast. It's in good work, everyone. I'll be back tonight, live on National Radio from 10pm for another Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you have to do to get it. Until then, have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.